Hello, and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. Post-draft, a very special post-draft, a very special episode. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver, uh, NFL editor for SB Nation. With me, as always, Danny Kelly and Stephen White. How are you guys? Have you guys recovered from the draft? (laughs) Yeah, just about, just about. That was quite a... It's always such a marathon week or weekend or whatever. It's just uh, just constant stuff. But so much fun though too. Yeah, well, I got sick <laughs> right oh, after I got right. to New York oh. uh, to, to do the, the 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 video. So I I literally am now finally <laughs> recovered <laughs> from from all that. And actually, you know, because there's only so much I could put put effort I could put into thinking about it last weekend because i wasn't feeling well at all um but now i kind of had a time to process some of the picks uh and you know some of them on the good side and some of them on the bad side and just kind of get a better overall picture of who i think did well in the draft and and who i think didn't do so well at all yeah yeah and it's it's hard to kind of like it's hard to think about the draft stuff while the draft is going on because you're just sort of like it's the you know you're getting the players names and you're getting them matched up with the teams and and i'll admit i didn't i didn't recognize as many players in this year's draft because it's just been it's been such a busy year that it hasn't been you know i haven't had the opportunity like i usually do to kind of sit and like go through the lists and go through the names and stuff like that so it's like i read this like anything you guys wrote about related to the draft i know all about but like beyond that it was it was difficult so <laughs> so it took me a while I mean, to process and i got up tuesday morning and like i logged on and i like i told brian our our managing editor the my boss and i'm just like man i gotta disappear today i can't do shit and i literally didn't <laughs> get off the couch all day tuesday <laughs> that's awesome and it was amazing i gotta tell you <laughs> and it felt phenomenal it did yeah, it really uh, did and i usually like that's hard for me like just to like sit and do nothing like because i start to get antsy and like i gotta do something this is yeah. ridiculous but like no yeah. i watched a three-hour movie and didn't even pause it to get up one you know just like i'm <laughs> fucking laying here all day that's awesome but yeah so it was a good draft um you know it's funny because we talked about like you before the draft, this wasn't a year where, you know, like Robert Incomdici was one of the kind of the big names that had some controversy around him. Um, Robert Incomdici was a freaking footnote on last <laughs> Thursday night. Right. Because it was all about Laramie Tunsil and the gas mask bong hit video. <laughs> have we found, ha- has there been any more info on who might have done that yet? Yeah, they think they know who did it. Um, oh, do and, they? And we have one of our reporters is sort of working on that, and it's, mm. yeah, it's a, uh, and you know what's going, you know what, absolutely nothing is going to happen. I can almost right. guarantee you that because nobody's going to want to dig into this because I think it's probably the kind of thing that's going to, you know, like it, you get into massive sort of NCAA shit and right. stuff at Ole Miss and just it's like. I just think nobody's going to have the wherewithal. Everybody just sort of wants it to kind of go away, right? Move on, you know what I mean? Which is crazy because yeah, it cost him like millions of bucks. Yeah, potentially. And potentially. So that's, that's, that's the thing. That, that's the thing about it. Why they're going to let it go? Because it's hard to quantify that. Like if they could right. sue him and yeah. get that difference, maybe you keep pushing the issue. But 
one, he probably doesn't have that amount of money anyway if you could prove it. And two, right. you would have a hell of a time proving because, you know, basically a team would have to say, yeah, we picked this guy, but we really didn't want this guy. We really want that tonsil cat, but this video. Yeah. And that's not really the way you want to sell your first round pick right. to the right. city that he's coming to. <laughs> so it's, it's a no win situation for anybody, you know? So, I, you know, like, like, like Ryan was saying, it, especially if it's going to actually end up with some NCAA violations type shit, I think nobody really wants to find out that bad, or at least they don't want to, you know, uh, kind of put them on blast. I'm sure they know who it is at this point, but there ain't nobody rushing to kind of put that name out there, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. And everybody just kind of assumed that night, like, the most logical suspect was Laramie Tunsil's stepdad. Because Laramie Tunsil's stepdad has sort of a reputation for being kind of a piece of shit. But, and in fact, like, TMZ, of course TMZ was the first, like, there's that level of NFL insiders, Ian Rapport, Peter King, Adam Schefter, and TMZ <laughs> right there together. But... <laughs> Uh, and, you know, they got him on records like, it wasn't me. I haven't, I mean, I didn't watch the draft, you know. And he's, because he's suing Tunsil over some, uh, some scam thing. Distress, but. like, you know, like uh, emotional distress. Yeah. From getting ass whooped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cash in, just wanting to cash in is basically what Yeah, basically. But I guess, and, and you know, I don't know, like, I, I guess, like, because... You could have picked up the phone. All right, so go back a little bit. And Stephen Godfrey did a story on Tunsil for us maybe like a month before the draft, first of April around then. But, like, he talked to NFL scouts. He talked to agents, talked to coaches and people in the NCAA level. Like, you know, because Tunsil had had um, um, an NCAA violation as a record before. I think it was, like, a rental car thing or something like that. He'd taken a rental car or... He'd taken a car that wasn't his or something like that. Mm. It's some, it's some, one of those stupid things that the NCAA is just is the dumbest fucking organization in the world. But, <laughs> but like, you had scouts and coaches and agents on record. It's like, no, nobody is at all worried about this kid. I mean, this isn't like Incomdici's thing where you, or Noah Spence where you have drugs and things, other issues off the field that you kind of worry about, you know, whether they can – Put, get their shit together and have a good NFL career. It's like nobody really worried about that with Tunsil. And then all of a sudden this happens, that video gets released before the draft, and you can tell somebody's out to get him with it. And, like, you have all these reports, well, the Ravens took him off their board completely because of this. Like, because, because of a video, an old video that he was smoking pot, they couldn't call. I mean, you could have probably picked up the phone and called and gotten that information figured out. Didn't it happen before the draft even started? Yeah, yeah. So they had like they had probably like an hour. Yeah, well, no, it was like five minutes before the draft started, as I recall. Yeah, no, it was within that fifteen-minute window. Right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I mean, it it was kind of a close thing. But well, you he think was longer than that because the first two weren't even considering him. So yeah, right. at least thirty-minute window. Well, thirty plus fifty, forty-five-minute window. Yeah. Right. Because the Rams, because the Rams and the Eagles were nice enough to take all ten minutes of their pick time, even though they knew <laughs> damn good well so who they were going to take. Words. Uh, <laughs> I hate that. that was pissing me off. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like I, I don't know. I guess I just had a hard time. I mean, I can see where the Ravens have been. Obviously, 
in a situation before where videos on social media have kind of caused some problems for them. But (laughs) it's also the thing, it's like, well, this is an old video and you could have figured this out pretty quickly that, you know, I mean, we knew by the end of the night that as weird as the, the whole situation was, we knew by the end of the night that this was Tunsil, you know, hadn't, you know, that was him in the video, but this was like two years ago. It wasn't a big deal because you also had teams by the end of the night saying they weren't concerned about it. I mean, the Dolphins being primarily the, the, one of them. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why like exactly. So here's the thing about this, because I actually kind of talked through it uh, early in the week. Uh, I, I was on somebody else's radio show. And it kind of came to me while I was giving them my answer. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. The video came out five minutes before the draft started. But he also had his Instagram hacked. And that's what he was talking yes. about the NCAA violations. Now, the problem is, now you got both his Twitter account and his Instagram account hacked. And it's, it's an ongoing thing. So you don't really know what the end game is here. Like, Okay, yeah, you got the video, and maybe you could dismiss that. And yeah, you got the NCAA violations; he's getting paid, and maybe you could dismiss that. But you don't know what's coming next. You don't know if the whoever hacked him is still going to post more stuff. Yeah. So maybe it's a cocaine video out there. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. And so I can believe there's some risk adverse teams, especially in this day and age when you know we're coming off the Ray Rice stuff, and then. You know, uh, uh, Greg Hardy gets a second chance that he probably didn't deserve in Dallas, and that went totally awry. And the Frank Clark thing last year, which I'm sure uh, uh, Danny is very familiar with. So uh, mm-hmm. now you're in, a, you're in a situation where you can't really be sure that whoever hacked his stuff is done putting stuff out there. So That's I can understand why some teams would be like, Shit, man, this, yeah. this is this is a big deal. You know, we take him now, and then something else comes out, and it's bad. Right. You know, beating up a woman, or you just don't know. Then you're like, nah, we can't take that chance. You know, by the time I guess it did get to Miami, it was pretty apparent that there didn't seem to be anything else forthcoming. Like that, you know, it kind of went all quiet on, on his social media, and I don't know if that meant he got back control of it or what. But, you know, so by that time, maybe, you know, it was pretty apparent that wasn't anything else coming out. But, you know, if you're the top four or five teams, man, you can't have that kind of <laughs> a, a situation with the guy you're picking in the first round of the draft. You just yeah. you can't book your introductory press conference right there. Yeah. So I, I can't see why some teams might have been risk averse. I'm not sure about that, though, because, you know, I'm, the, I'm one of the few – in the minority who actually uh, preferred Ronnie Stanley over Laramie Thompson. Now, where it gets kind of weird is the, the Jack Conklin thing. That that just yeah. I, I, I have a very hard time believing that they believe that they like Jack Conklin over Laramie Thompson. The yeah. Ronnie Stanley thing, uh, sure, but uh, I mean, I like Jack, Jack Conklin, but he's just he's not the same. No, th- these two are not the same. So (laughs) if I had to pick, you know, I think the Titans for sure is a team that probably that that video and the other hacking and stuff made them a little too nervous to take them. And that's even after I think they, they, you know, moved up. Uh, But they, I think they figured there's only so many tackles in this draft. 
let's go ahead and get one of the better ones that's still on on the board. You know, Conklin would have been my number three probably. So they just went ahead and said, you know, screw it. Uh, so everybody else is going to bypass Tonsil too. So if we keep waiting, we're going to miss out on Conklin also. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I guess, too, there's also, you just, you know, there's the stuff around there you just don't necessarily know about. And the stuff that you just can't, I mean, you can't pick up the phone and call Hugh Freeze and get some of that information either. You know what I mean? And plus there was that whole thing where Incomdici uh, kind of got, kind of threw him under the bus earlier in the year, remember? With the, <laughs> the hotel room right. thing. It was like, well, same with right. Tunsil, Laramie Tunsil was in the hotel room, too. Weren't my drugs. <laughs> Ain't nobody want to take responsibility. No matter way. What if it was? What if it was Kimdiche who was the one who did this hacking? That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, I, I can't, but I can't even imagine. You know, let's say it's the 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 financial advisor, or whatever. No matter what, I, I don't understand what 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 this was for. Like, you just mm-hmm. all you wanted to do was. You know, keep this guy from getting money. Uh, he's still going to be a millionaire. Yeah. Um, and, and and what do you get out of this? Like, seriously, even if you got fired and he was mean to you, talked about your mom, I just don't, I still can't understand somebody that would be that damn low down and just, uh, I mean, it, uh, this is kind of some despicable shit, man. You yeah. Know, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, just backing away from the whole situation it, it, that, that is some, you know, when I see you in the streets, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Type situation. So if it, if it did happen to be in Kim DJ, that would be very, very interesting. Cause like I said, I, that'll be something we might have to settle, you know, not <laughs> on the football field, but in the back alley somewhere. We, we're going to have to you know, shoot a fair one. Marvin Harrison style. Like, and I'm going to try to whoop, these millions of dollars out your ass too. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's all it was, and I mean, in the end, it just like all this is is just a big f you to him, and and it's it's like it's the dumbest thing because it's like you cost him money, you didn't accomplish anything other than just you know cost the kid some money and and you know fly a middle finger in his face. He's still going to be you know he's still the thirteenth overall pick. He's still you know got a bright future in the NFL ahead of him, but like man. It's a hell hath no fury like a financial advisor sperm. Huh? Seriously. I guess it's a financial advisor. We'll see. Um, okay. Alleged. Allegedly. So now on a more positive note, I, one of the bigger, one of the other big surprises in the draft had to do with Miles Jack, who slid mm-hmm. all the way out of the first round and down into the second. It was actually the what the one, two, three, the fifth pick in the second round, which I think Nobody would have predicted going into no. this thing. Um, and the Jaguars got him. The Jaguars got <clears throat> Jalen Ramsey with the fifth overall pick in the first round. They debated, according to the reports, they debated Jalen Ramsey and Miles Jack with that fifth overall pick. Right. They went with Ramsey, and then they waited until their pick in the fifth or the second round, and they got Miles Jack anyway. Is there? Did anyone like have a better one-two punch in the draft than the Jaguars? No, no. That they man, they cleaned up. And I mean, if uh, if Jack can even play, you know, there's kind of concern over his long-term knee health. But like, right. just getting getting him for his first contract, like 
in the second round right there, that's such a steal. And I mean, there were people you, like I was, I wrote about this during the draft. Like there were people, if you asked like 10 NFL writers who the best player in the draft was, I think like six or seven or, or whatever would say either Jalen Ramsey or Miles Jack. Yeah. And they got both, you know, they got both. So that was just crazy. It is, and then like you know that the fact that I mean, because we said, we talked about this before on the podcast before the draft is like if you get four years out of Miles Jack and that's it, it's yeah. like that's pretty damn good because I mean a player's average career is about three, just a little over three seasons now. Right, and think about how many misses you have in the first round anyway. Like, yeah. and Jack, Jack, I mean, it's kind of a cliche. He's like a you know a low risk or what or like safe safe pick or whatever in terms of his talent level but um yeah i mean just like just getting that first four those first four years it's i I heard a lot of people compare it to like a brandon roy you know kind of situation where you know you're getting a potentially like elite player but just short amount of time um i don't know I, i would take it that's especially in the second round that's a huge value you know yeah i don't know i don't know why other teams were kind of balking at it um but man, yeah, the Jags are Jags are going to be like probably one of the most interesting teams to watch this year. I think in the whole NFL. Yeah, no, I, I think for, for me with the Jaguars, there's a lot of talent there. It, it's going to come down to maybe the depth and how they navigate. You know, like are they fairly like you know how do they do? You know, can they play through? And do they have the depth to sustain right. some injuries? Like last year, you had you know losing Dante Fowler before the season even started obviously hurt them because that was like. Sure. You know, their top pick in the draft and, you know, probably would have been their best pass rusher on the team last year. Right. They've got some depth on defense, though. Um, I mean, they've they, it just feels like they've finally built up something that they can actually, you know, that, that will actually produce on the field. We've kind of talked about the talent level they've had over the last couple of years, but it just hasn't come together. But, um, you know, with some of the depth they have on the defensive line, They've got their, you know, they've got their number one pick from last year coming back finally. So they they really have yeah. what looks like three like, you know, top five picks just Who'd coming they in. Sign? Who they Oh, Malik Jackson was one of their big free. Malik agents. Jackson, yeah. Plus they've got a couple other guys that like Sean are coming Gibson. off the threes. Yeah, they got him and Prince of Mukamara. Yeah. Uh, you know they got. Uh, Since Derek Marks was already there, yeah. he's yeah. a he's really good player. I think he got hurt. Uh, last year, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, He's coming back from his injury. Um, Jarek Odrick. There's a yeah. Davis guy that that had a. He's coming off an injury too. He had a really good year. Ryan Davis. Ryan Davis. He's Defense kind of an up and comer. Yeah. Uh, Mike Bennett looked pretty good as a rookie, I think. Yeah. So they and man, they've just got a lot of pretty talented players on that defense. Plus, they got Sheldon Day in the fourth, who a lot of people thought he was a top 100 pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Odrick is still there, you know, and I don't know. They, there's just so much depth on that defensive line. I, I, obviously, kind of what happens in the secondary will, will be interesting to watch, but um, they did sign, you know, a couple. Sean uh, Gibson? Yeah. I mean, they, listen, this team went from being one of the probably least talented teams two years ago to being pretty fucking stacked. Yeah. <laughs> At least on the front <laughs> right. line. Top to bottom, I'm not listen. I, I'm looking at our last right now, and I'm just like, damn. Right. Because look, they tell me Smith is, is a guy who really impressed me a lot. Uh, one of the linebacker, young linebacker, uh, very fast, mm-hmm. playmaker type guy. 
But it, it usually what it, it was, you know, they have, you know, maybe one or two def- good defensive linemen, one linebacker, you know, one safety, one corner were good. And then the other guys you kind of had to make do with. But literally, I mean, Jonathan Cyprian is a guy who I picked as a breakout player last year, but he went out and broke his hand initially. Yeah. But he came on strong at the end, and he's, you know, big-time hitter, big-time tackler. They did get to Sean Gibson. Now you got Jalen Ramsey at one corner and Devon House at the other. Potentially Miles Jack starting with Telvin Smith, Malik Jackson, and Derek Marks, Dante Fowler Jr., and Jerick Autrick. Starting as a defensive line, that is one hell of a defense, man. Yeah, that really is. And then you, you look on the offensive side of the ball, and, and you know we know they got those young receivers who've been balling out. They think they already have their, their franchise quarterback. They signed uh, uh, Julius Thomas last year. And, you know, they, it was kind of just a, a shitty year for them. But you know, they, I think he was hurt for a while. Yeah, but he you was still got him and Mercedes Lewis, man, top to bottom. Maybe you know. The offensive line still has some some question marks. Luke Jokel, I think they passed on his uh, fifth year option, didn't they? Mm-hmm. The other day or something yeah. like that. So maybe yeah, they you know, did. yeah, they did. It really was Fisher that got with, his picked up. Right. Uh, so you know, maybe the offensive line, maybe the offensive line is is not as strong as you would like to like it to be. But from top to bottom, I'm just like, damn, this is a pretty good team now. Yeah. Definitely. Well, and they went out and signed Chris Ivory too. I mean, so like they're you, you have a pretty good they, group of running backs. They you got Yeldon and Ivory there yep. too. And then Denar Robinson has really been coming on as yeah. like a third down shifty uh, change of pace back. Uh, man, I, so like like you know you're talking about like the, the depth. They actually have a little bit of depth now too mm-hmm. to sustain maybe some injuries. So it, it'll be interesting to see. It's just after how the AFC South went last year. And, right, uh, yeah. You know, it'd be interesting to see what kind of year Jacksonville has this year. I think it's pretty obvious that the head coach has to win this year. You know, if he can't yeah. win this year with this team, he's going to get the – you know, they probably have him out of there by midseason. But uh, I, I think whether it's him or, or, or the next guy, this team has a lot to work with now. Yeah. And they took uh, – this is interesting, too, because, you know, you, uh, the first two picks obviously get a lot of attention because they're very good players, Ramsey and Jack. But, okay, so they drafted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players. Six of those seven players are defensive players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only offensive player they took was quarterback Brandon Allen, the kid from Arkansas in the sixth round, so sort of a developmental flyer type guy. But, like, that's, I mean, they're really, and that's sort of, you know, that's Gus Bradley's background, obviously, is defense. So they're really doubling down on that because it's a, and that's, you know, they have the depth there. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't want to get into predictions too soon here, but, like, it's not inconceivable to see them winning the AFC South. I mean, at this point, it'd be kind of disappointing if they didn't. Like, I just kind of feel like. Well, yeah, that's true, too. Man. They're just like, like I mean, I, I, yeah, like I'm like not trying to overstate it, but but I kind of agree with Stevens. Like they look stacked, like just on paper they look stacked. Yeah. Um, a lot of it. I mean, a lot of it'll come down to how Blake Bortles plays, and if he like continues to develop, and and you know if his trajectory goes up significantly in this in this next season, like the sky's kind of the limit. But and this will only be his third year too, so it's not right, like he's just right. been. You know, I mean, you'd kind of expect like just in the trajectory of like a quarterback 
career, like you could expect or hope for a big jump this year from him. And if he does, then I mean, man, like they could be potentially be really good. Yeah. It's going to be fun to, I mean, like I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to figure out. I I can't, the Titans Jaguars game can't be my, my standard (laughs) foil for like a bad Thursday night. (laughs) <laughs> game anymore. Anyway. Right. Just can't just right. assume that it, because it's the Jaguars and Titans now. Because the Titans don't have, I'm telling you, the Titans, not a bad looking team either on paper. Yeah, they'll be fun to watch too. And I think they have a little further to go just because, you know, obviously it's a second year quarterback who missed a lot of time last year with injuries. And, and they're just now starting to get, I mean, that's not like a, a deep defensive group they have either, but it's sort of, you know, they they have some legit blue chip talent on there now too, and and they've invested yeah. more in their offensive line I think than anybody's ever invested any invested in anything <laughs> in history. So their run game is going to be really interesting to watch. You know, with uh, well, they got Derrick Henry plus uh, Demarco Murray, and, and I mean add in kind of what Mariota can do. Yeah. Plus plus like you said, like their offensive line looks really good. It's just going to be. Uh, I think they'll just be fun to watch. And I, I don't think that they'll be super good this year um, in terms right. of like their record or whatever, but they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, I think. Just just kind of develop develop their identity and things they're like gonna, that. They're going to be that dark horse pick that everybody's like two seasons too soon on. Right. I think, yeah, like I wouldn't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't pick them for the playoffs or anything like that, but just in terms of interesting, like yeah. I think they'll be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. They're going to be like the Rams, like the Rams for the last three years have been the dark, everybody's dark horse <laughs> picks. Like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, you know, another, we met, we talked about Inkem a little bit and he ended up slipping all the way to, what was it? The 29th pick. Um, the Cardinals got him. Yeah. 30th. That's 29th. Oh, no, 29th. Yeah. 29th, you're right. And I guess I was a little surprised by that, that he fell that far in the draft. I mean, not tremendously <clears throat> surprised because, you know, the teams have sort of over the last couple of years have really started to devalue guys with some off-field question marks. And he has those question marks too. Um, another piece we ran to refer back to that, you know, he has some off-field question marks not just for the stuff that's happened to him, but I think some teams have some questions about his brothers and, you know, mm. the, the hangers on with him is always a bit of a question. But I think that Arizona's a hell of a fit for him. Yeah, be, I want to hear what Steven has to say about this because you were saying he'd be a good three tech, right? Um, and so now it makes, I mean, they'll still play like nickels and stuff, but now he'll be kind of like a five technique, like a defensive end. What do you think of that, Steven? Yeah. It- I'm not really happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> like him and him and Rankins, I, I think both of those guys would do better in just a base four three defense. Um, but the thing about it is, there aren't a whole lot of base four three defenses anymore. Right. Uh, that's that's just the the way the league is going. Yeah. But also, the way the league is going is that you play a whole lot of uh, like nickel alignments a lot. So then mm-hmm. you still ended up having that three technique um, more than you normally would with a traditional three four defense. But there's you know there's going to be times when he's going to be out there on the offensive tackle probably, and, and I just don't think he or Rankins is really good out in space like that out, out there. Uh, I think you put him on a guard for sixty plays a game, and that guard's going to come away with headaches. 
but you know, at the very least, you know, let's say he takes a while to kind of come around as a five technique. Right away, you can put him in there in like a NASCAR package or whatever you want to call it, what fast car package. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For, you know, to have your, your your best pass rushes out there and have him just you know rush on third and long. That in and of itself would be worth that pick, especially that low. You know, if he can stay on a straight and narrow, and I'm not saying he can, yeah, but if he can, you know, he'll be able to 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 you know have value from day one at the very least as a nickel pass rusher. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, when you I play sixty percent, go ahead, sixty percent or whatever of snaps are, are nickel these days. So potentially, it could be a good amount of snaps at three technique, even though they're in a three four, you know, base or whatever. So it'll be, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see kind of how he's used. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, you know, just from the 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 scheme, the schematics aside, I think Arizona has a pretty good track record with players. I mean, obviously the Tyrone Matthew was sort of the example, but you know, of of making players, of helping players fit in and find their way a little mm-hmm. bit more there than some other teams where they would kind of be left to their own devices. So I, I mean, I think in terms of a, a fit for any of the off-field questions around Inkaduchi, that's probably a pretty good landing spot too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's fun. it's it's funny because after a couple of years now, like we're actually looking at Matthew as like a guy who could potentially really mentor him. You know, yeah. whereas a couple of years ago he fell into the second round because people were worried about all the off field stuff. It's it's a pretty it's a really cool story. I mean, like Tyron Matthew is becoming one of my favorite players just on the field, off field, just because of you know he's not afraid to really say his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just a really like compelling player. It's it's cool to see. Mm-hmm. All right, what about the rest of the first round? What other picks surprised you guys? Um, I wouldn't say it surprised me, but it was it was pretty funny to see the Panthers pick a defensive tackle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> considering, you know, the depth they have already there. Um, but it it's kind of along the lines of of their their identity. You know, I like teams that that play to their identity. Yeah. Um, you know, double down on it and, and I I know the Panthers definitely have done that. Like their identity is their defensive line or their front seven anyway. And uh, man, they're going to have so many good players on that line. They got, you know, they just re-signed Charles Johnson for what seems like peanuts. Uh, they have, you know, Quan Short, uh, Starlo Talele still, Coney Ely. These are all like high picks. You know, Shaq Thompson's on their front seven. Um, I think they, re- or they signed Paul Soliai, who I, I think is a really good mm-hmm. player still even though he's getting a little older and 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 then adding vernon butler in there um you know i don't know yeah exactly they they just have invested a ton there so uh i mean just looking at their front seven it's like all first rounders i mean thomas davis is is you know oh five but he was a first rounder luke keekley first rounder shaq thompson first rounder yeah started with laley first rounder vernon butler first rounder and then they got quan short second rounder coney ely second rounder they're like looking like the Rams. It's funny that you were talking about how the the Broncos. We had talked about how the Broncos kind of did what the Rams wanted to do all these years, but the Panthers are really <laughs> kind of similar to that too. Like yeah. the front seven is just stacked. Yeah, it's so much so. I mean, they have enough confidence in it that they were able to like that whole Josh Norman situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, they took some corners after that. I think they took three corners in a row after that, but. Um, it was yeah. It was surprising to me that they didn't yeah. go secondary first. First and foremost, like 
But I mean, again, if you, I guess if if you, if you think the quarterback doesn't have time to throw, like they don't need someone who's particularly awesome downfield, like because they're just so dominant up just front. Just kind of shut down that one side of the field. <laughs> right. So I don't know. It's it's uh, that was kind of a cool pick. I don't know if it was like shocking or anything like that, but it it was right. kind of a, an interesting one to me. Stephen, what pick from the first round really jumped out at you was kind of a head scratcher. Well. <sighs> Listen, uh, the Bears picking Leonard, Leonard Floyd. Uh, I, I, first of all, the Bears employed one of my favorite uh, outside linebackers in a way, Pernell McTree. Uh-huh. Like, I, he can't do any, anything wrong in my eyes. <laughs> since, since that quote he gave us last year, so eloquent, when they asked him you know, how he, he ended up uh, uh, getting some sacks in the second half, uh, as opposed to the first half when he was shut out, and he was like, they started single blocking me. Fucking mistake. <laughs> with an exclamation point. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he's, but he's a hell of a player anyway. And they just signed him last year. For whatever reason, it took them forever to want to play Willie Young last year after he had 10 sacks. In 2014, he was yeah. also supposed to one of my breakout players, and that didn't really happen. But by the end of the year, <laughs> Willie Young looked like Willie Young again. He was out there tearing it up. And so you got two guys right now. And look, you know, neither one of them is a spring, the spring chicken. They're both a little, you know, older. But these guys can rush the freaking passer now. It's not their fault you didn't use Willie Young until late in the season. Yeah. And then you also signed Lamar Houston not too long ago. He's still there. I don't know if he's going to be there now since they since they drafted Floyd. But I'm just trying to figure out how's this kid going to get on the field? Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if they actually go by, who should be starting? Because he needs a lot of work with his technique. I talked about that a lot. He's a yeah. jack of all trades and a master of none. He can do a whole bunch of things well, but not really, really good. So uh, he, it's going to take a while for him to be a good pass rusher. And, and, and the double-edged sword there is – you know, if he's out there and Willie Young's not, you know, Willie Young would be a better a pass rusher right now. But the only way Floyd is going to get any better is to actually get game reps. So, you know, do you want to win now or do you want to win later? I guess is a question you have to ask. But Or maybe you just don't pick him and pick somebody that makes a little bit more sense for, you, for your defense or your offense. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I, I'm not high on him anyway. Uh, so he went higher than I thought he should go. But then just, you know, to a team that already has a bunch of outside linebacker types that can get out to the passer, uh, I just I didn't understand it. But, you know, we'll see. I know people are trying to make Alden Smith uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of, you know, uh, uh, comparisons. I, I just don't see it. Yeah. I really don't. Uh, especially because, and this is the thing I have to hit home a lot, to people because they, they just hear about him and they don't watch. About Alan Smith in particular, he is a, and, and pretty much always has been, a power rusher as much right. as anything else. Mm-hmm. He was tall and lean, but he would, you know, lift cats up and throw their ass out the way <laughs> to get to the quarterback. Throw him out the yeah. club. <laughs> right. So it, it wasn't that he just, you know, was a speed rusher, although he could do that too. That's what made him so deadly is that, he was so, you know, quick and, and, and fast 
deceptively fast, but he also could get under your chin. So he couldn't just bail out of there to try to to try to uh, uh, block his speed rush. Leonard Floyd, uh, first of all, really only won with inside moves on, in the games that I watched. But even if you're talking about his four, him running a four six, he is not a power guy at all. I'm not sure I saw him do a power rush in five games. That just isn't who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't see that comparison at all. I think it's going to take him some time to, to, to develop some moves and get comfortable with making them uh, to the outside in particular. And and that's time that, look, either you can put him in there and let him get better so he can justify the pick, or you can play a guy like Willie Young or Lamar Houston on the other side of Pernell McPhee and actually get pressure now. Yeah. Well, I and I was a little surprised too because, like, okay, to me, the Bears were a team that could have justified that really could have easily justified picking Laramie Tunsil. And I, and I know everybody's board's a little different, you know, in how they view and evaluate the players there. But like, to me, that would have been a really smart pick for Chicago, or even maybe another defensive line, but a true defensive lineman, you know, a guy in in, in that would have fit for their three man front who was still on the board. And I'm not sure maybe who the best fit would have been, but you know that just seemed like Leonard Floyd to go in the top 10, that just seemed like a bit of a... No, I mean, I may have to eat my words in three years from now, but I mean, that still seems like a bit of a reach to me. I think that a lot of Bears fans felt that way too. I, I mean, I didn't... I obviously didn't get the super like the pulse of bears nation but it kind of felt like a lot of people were like what well they traded up <laughs> you know to get I mean? him too remember they traded <clears throat> with the giants right. to move up there right right i don't know i think it's interesting what what vic fangio is doing but like I, yeah i'm kind of i mean I, I like the players that they got but it'll be interesting to see where they kind of fit everybody in yeah my thing is this, and, and, and this is for coaches or front offices, what have you. I, I saw so many people, you know, after somewhat questionable picks, you know, I'd see somebody justifying it. Oh, well, you know, you just have to trust them. You know, they, they, they've done so much uh, to show that they're, they're good at this. You just have to trust. No, you don't. You don't have to trust <laughs> anybody. Why? Because they all have made mistakes. Yeah. You know, we, we right. talk about Parcells and, and, and how good he was with personnel and stuff. But we don't really talk about them Dallas years too much, do we? Yeah, For exactly. A reason. So, or, or and, Miami. And they also don't bring up Miami at all, <laughs> right? Because then they don't fit the narrative. Yeah. Everybody makes mistakes from Belichick on down, from, you know, uh, Ozzy Newsom on down. So, no, you do not mm-hmm. have to just trust it. If something looks stupid to you, it's okay to say, hey, man, I think that was fucking stupid. And we're going to get to that later on. You can bet, you can bet your ass. I'm definitely going to say that later on. But I'm just saying in general, you know, if, if, if you're uh, 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 an informed enough fan that, you know, you read the scouting reports and stuff like that, and, and maybe you don't just trust one guy, but, you you know, maybe you listen to Mike Mayock, and then you listen to Kuyper, and you listen to – Lewis Riddick, and you, you mm-hmm. kind of take it all in, it's okay to be like, okay, well, these guys all said this was a dumbass pick, so maybe this actually is a dumbass pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like, even when you look at, like, you know, there's, like, universally respected drafters, like, you know, the Seahawks have been known to be really strong drafters, like John Schneider. And I was just looking at a article this week where they got an F- minus for their 2013 draft, like, 
They basically got like <laughs> one. They got like one guy out of that draft, like maybe. So, yeah, no, it's, it's it is. It's very true. Like you don't necessarily have to like the whole trust them is kind of like a cop out. Like you can you can say, well, it'll be interesting to see how they visualize this. Like I would like to know how they visualize this working. But you can also say that that seems like a really dumb pick. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I agree. I mean, it's a. Uh... Everybody's got their. I mean, I'm sure everyone can like explain their reasoning for it, but it'll just right. you know you got to see how how it plays out. You're allowed to you're allowed to think that the reasoning is dumb. Yeah. Or at the very least, think that it, it doesn't. You don't agree with it. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like because look. <laughs> So much about the draft ain't just about, say, for instance, picking the right guy. It, some of it is about, on the positive side, letting somebody go who you were thinking about picking but would have been a bad pick. And also, on the other hand, on, on the negative side, passing over somebody who you really should have picked, and then that guy ends up being a pro bowler, and the guy you end up picking, you know, even if he plays well, maybe isn't on that level. Yeah. So it, it's so many hidden. It ain't just... Okay, well, I like this guy, so this pick must be good. Well, no. What if there was somebody else that was better and and, and more of a need at that at that you know particular time that you could have taken instead of him? Yeah. Well, then guess what? That makes that a bad pick. Even if that guy is good, you could have had someone better. Yeah. So someone who you know there was more of a fit for your team, or you know, would have been more valuable to your team. And so it's okay for people to disagree. Shit, it, it's. GMs right now that's disagreeing with people that picked in front of them, and then three years down the road or so, we'll find out who was right. Yeah. Imagine, imagine how many people are are kicking themselves for not taking JJ Watt. Yeah. I think he went like fifteenth or something. Right. So it's at least double digits. We we know that much. <laughs> right. I think he went like fourteenth or thirteenth or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy to think about now. It's like you you could put him on any damn team and he would like dominate. Yeah, he'd have a fit. Here's a draft question: Who predicted that Corey Coleman was going to be the first wide receiver off the board? Yeah, that was interesting. And I think Will Fuller. Right, he went. Will Fuller went second. I actually thought he might be the first one. I I thought it would be Josh Dotson, but I could see like Mm -hmm. at the end of my. Piece, I was like, I could see if a team thought that his hands weren't a big deal. Yeah. The, the few drops that he had, that they would go ahead and pull the trigger because you can do so much with them. But um, the Fuller <laughs> is the Will Fuller one is actually a little bit more funny than me. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was the, yeah, that was 21 to Houston, which obviously, I mean, isn't necessarily a team you thought of in dire need of a wide receiver either. At least right. in the first round, like that, you know. I mean, obviously, depth is important, but because um, it's not like Houston. Well, remember, remember too, they they flip places with like Washington, yeah, for good reason. Like they just flip places. Now, maybe my only thinking was maybe there was another team that was trying to trade with Washington, and so to prevent them from getting Will Fuller, they traded with Washington. Traded space. That's the only way it makes sense to me. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, so they actually went up and got Will Fuller in the next pick. Washington took John Stockton, who may be the best out of all three, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah. I really like Doxon the most, too, prior to the draft. I think, and, like, I feel weird saying this, uh, like, like a Silkwood shower kind of thing, but, like, I think Washington had a pretty good draft. I think Washington's had a pretty good offseason overall, but. Yep. I mean, I, that. <laughs> what? It's so weird to actually be able to say that, right? It's, it's like it's, it's just like the stuff with the Browns, man. It's an unusual feeling. I don't know. It's just, yeah, <laughs> the world. I almost feel like I jinx them for for uh, you know if I praise them, I'm going to jinx them, and then everybody going to be like, "See, I like no, I was right, but then I jinxed them." <laughs> <laughs> and they just locked up. I think they probably overpaid a little bit for Jordan Reed, but I mean, you know, what do you do? That's sort of. I mean, it's it's hard to overpay too much. I mean, it, and it wasn't completely out of line with what the top tight end contracts were going to be. But that's, I mean, there's quite a little bit of talent on there now. I mean, I know that oh, yeah. Garcon and, uh, and, and D-Jax, their contracts, Garcon's contract's up after this season, and D-Jax has two more seasons left. But D-Jax, Garcon, Doxon, Jordan Reed, that's not a bad, uh, that's not a bad little group of playmakers for, I like you. How do you like that, Kirk Cousins? Seriously. Plus, Jamison Crowder was pretty good as a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they got, a, I mean, they got a couple of in- interesting running backs. I think, obviously, Matt Jones was better in the early part of the year than he was in the second second half, but yeah. they've got some good running backs, too. I, their offensive line looks decent. They're just kind of building. They're slowly building what looks like a pretty good team, and it's not surprising with uh, Scott McLuhan in charge. Yeah. You know, he's just kind of. Got it. He's he's got that he he's got a really good reputation for a reason. Like he just has a good eye for talent. Yeah, and I forgot he was with the because like you, I think you tweeted out that picture of Pete Carroll in the draft, the Seahawks draft room when they got Russell Wilson and McClown was in there. Yeah, he was he was a big part of uh, he was a big part of the building the Seahawks team that went to the Super Bowl back in two thousand five too. Yeah. And then he went to San Francisco and helped build a team that went to, you know, three straight NFC championship games. He built he helped build the Seahawks Super Bowl team. I mean, he's, his, his resume is ridiculous. Yeah. Obviously, you can't say he did everything like you can't necessarily say he's the reason all those teams are winning. But there is one common denominator. He's, he's been in like some of the best, you know, drafting front offices, you know, around the and not not only drafting, but free agency. So yeah. He, he has got a good eye for free agents, too. He was yeah. the guy who signed uh, Justin Smith for, to the to the Niners. Yeah, <clears throat> it's so amazing I, what I happens like the, when you you take Dan Snyder's general manager powers away. Right, right, and it was it was an interesting move to to sign him because you know he got fired from you know the Forty Niners got fired from the Seahawks and and rumor has it it was because of his drinking and I don't know like exactly what happened there but um, there was that big cool expose kind of on him. Uh, recently about before he got named the gm um i think it was on espn and it was like talked about how he was still kind of dealing with that and you know so people when he he got signed in washington it was like okay well this could yeah. be bad or this could be this could be good or this could be really bad yeah and you know so far i i really like what they've done and, and you know obviously the Kirk cousins thing is kind of it was a linchpin on what happens like if if cousins blows up and, and gets really good or continues to be good i should say then you know, then he you really start saying like this guy knows what he's doing, but yeah. So, 
I, well, all right, so I, I have to give, uh, before we move on too far here, I have to give a shout out because you correctly predicted <laughs> the Jermaine if, if, oh man, I will not be able to pronounce this correctly. What <laughs> <laughs> he gives right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Jermaine, uh, blah, 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 if any, heck. You got it. If any, hey, I, I did I it. I told you he was going to nail it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, yeah, God in, uh, in in Slack before before the pick, I think Brian asked if uh, or who who we're going to pick. I was like, well, it's probably going to be a Fetty, uh, and everyone's going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, I mean, he he'd been connected to this. Yeah, it wasn't like a like I don't I wouldn't say it was like a crazy pull for me or anything because he'd been connected to the Seahawks right. a lot. There'd been there'd been reports about it, but it was pretty funny that that's actually like kind of how it turned out. I, I was actually thinking I might end up being wrong there because they, they always seem to do something that like no one expects. Yeah, and that was kind of like oh that one's like kind of an easy guess, but uh, and it kind of yeah feels, everyone feels kind of a big need for him there too. Oh yeah, and and they even like kind of joked after, um, talking about how oh people would have freaked out if we didn't take an offensive lineman, or he, I think John Schneider said, yeah we we took an offensive lineman because just just for everyone so so that we calm. <laughs> and he's like he's like I'm kidding, maybe, <laughs> you know, like people are just flipping out about the Seahawks offensive line. I think they're a little more calm about it, but they obviously saw that it was a need. They chose three three offensive linemen in the draft. Yeah. So it was, you know, they're they're doing work there as much as they can. So all right, I, I we talked about Miles Jack a little bit, and that made I mean that's sort of an obvious steal in the draft there since he fell into the second round. But uh um I, I maybe the steal of the draft for me besides Jack was the Buccaneers getting Noah Spence at, at at number 39 in the second round. I mean, that's, you know, here's a kid who's a pretty good pass rusher. I mean, as, you know, Stephen, he said he might be one of the better pass rushers in the draft, if not the best pass rusher in the draft. And they, I mean, they, I mean, obviously, he, I'm not surprised he fell because he's one of those guys that kind of comes with some off-field questions. But that seems like a really good pick. And the follow-up pick for the Buccaneers <laughs> in the second <laughs> round... Yeah. They trade back up into the second round to get not the steal of the draft. Robert Agu- who is a, Robert Roberto Aguayo is a very good kicker from Florida State, but they also traded back up into the second round to get him with the 59th overall pick. Steven, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> second round of the draft go. So I'm all geek after the Noah Smith <laughs> pick, right? Because yeah. the whole offseason, I'm like, this guy would be perfect for the Bucks. Yeah, he's a little undersized because he's he's only like six two and two fifty one. So I could see like some three fourteens, maybe not one them, but he'd be perfect for a four three scheme, which I assume we're still going to be running a four three scheme with Mike Smith. Now you know I, I've suspended my Bucks fandom <laughs> for this offseason after they fired. Uh, Lovey Smith, I just, I've had enough to be yeah. honest with you. So I don't really talk about it too much, but they're still my team, obviously. You know, I, I can't help that. It's just inside me. So, you know, I'm thinking Vernon Hargreaves feels a need and is a good player. Noah Spence feels a, a need and is a really good player and is still at the point where he, we get him. So I'm feeling great. 
I'm like, shit, you know, a couple more good picks. We can really kind of get this defense at least turned around. And and my thing is, I'm thinking the smart thing, the smart play here is you double up at one of those. You know, you already got one cornerback, maybe get another one. Or maybe get another defensive end just in case Spence doesn't turn out well. Because uh, that's, that's what smart teams kind of tend to do. You know, you, you double up, so you, you kind of double your chances of, uh, uh, hitting on a guy, and we got an extra fourth round pick the day before for for trading down uh, uh, with some teams, so they can move up. Because we, we were, I think we were initially at like nine, and we ended up picking mm-hmm. it like the 11. Bears, the Bears, something like that. Yeah, it might have been the Bears, this, and they took Leonard Floyd. So yeah, yeah but uh, <laughs> um, so we got Hargreaves, and we got Spence, and I'm like. Well, when uh, Booger announced the name, like it was funny because the way he said "kicker," <laughs> yes. like, but I just was like, "What in the entire fuck is going on here?" Like seriously, <laughs> you traded up first of all, so you gave back the fourth rounder that you just gained the day before. Even though we are the epitome of a mediocre team right now, <laughs> and we need all the picks we can get, you, you trade back up to get a fucking kicker. <laughs> are, are you shitting me? And look, it's not about Robert Aguayo. I think he's going to be a very good kicker. Yeah. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. He, look, I, I, I don't know if you noticed, but Seabass hasn't exactly led the, the, the uh, Raiders to the promised land since they took him <laughs> in the first round. Uh, uh, Ryan, I, I believe y'all have a really good young kicker uh, out there. Uh, well, we'll say Lewis. Uh, Zerline. He hasn't exactly led y'all to a winning season, has he? No, he has not. <laughs> so, so a fucking kicker is not what takes you from being mediocre to good. He's a guy that takes you from good to great. We think about Adam Vinatieri, who, by the way, I'm pretty sure was undrafted, or at least I know for damn sure was not drafted in the second round. <laughs> we think of him because he was on a very good Patriots team that put him in the position to make big kicks in Super Bowls. But that team was already pretty damn good without Adam freaking Vinatieri. <laughs> so you, 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 you not only you know, give the opportunity to get another bona fide starter in the second round probably, but you do it for a damn kicker. It ain't a kicker uh, alive or dead that's ever led a freaking team to greatness. Yeah. They put you over the top. They don't get you to the precipice. So I was just, uh, you can make up all the damn excuses you want. This was stupid as fuck. I don't give a, <laughs> how, how you, he can be an all-star fucking all-pro next year. I don't give a damn. And I just happened to scribble down, you know, I, of course, again, I'm, I'm, I'm suspending my fandom, but I happen <laughs> to have a pen and some paper. I just happened to scribble down some names we could have gotten. If we stayed, if we did trade up, and we stayed there. We could have got Cyrus Jones, cornerback. Yeah. We could have got Byron Bell, who ended up going to the Saints right now, division. You think we ain't going to hear about that for a long time? That turns out to be a pretty good. Because, you know, we have Chris Conte at safety. I don't know if you've heard. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, to probably be another. Carl C, who I think is a very good, underrated uh, defensive end. Once again, we could have doubled up. Okay. Uh, Bullard out of Florida. We yeah. could have gotten him. Uh, 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 another guy that the, the Jaguars got later, I can't pronounce his name. Uh, Yannick. The pass short, yeah, Yannick. 
Another pass rusher could have doubled up. Okay, if we stayed where we were, we could have got Shalik Calhoun in the third round. Okay, or Kendall Fuller, or Charles Tapp, or any of these other guys, and then we would have had another fourth round pick coming up to maybe pick another guy. If we got a cornerback <laughs> in the in the, in the second, I mean, in the third round, maybe we get another defensive end in the fourth round. But we couldn't do that shit. We couldn't do none of that. Couldn't get none of these guys because we went and traded up for a fucking kicker. Okay. By the way, and, by the way and, Vinatieri was undrafted and he played in Europe for a year before. Hey, <laughs> thank you for pouring salt in the wound. <laughs> I deserve every person who cheers for these Buccaneers fucking deserve. <laughs> Give us all the salt, especially the ones who have oh. always tried to justify this to themselves. The ones that no, seriously, he could be Seabass without even thinking twice about the fact that the Raiders ain't sniffed a damn championship with Seabass. <laughs> so, listen, again, it ain't about the kid. I think the kid will be fine, even though his numbers were a little bit shaky this past year, too, which also, also would give you pause and train <laughs> Hey, so maybe it's off year, okay? Maybe he's back with Jameis Winston and he gets his mojo back. <laughs> but all I know is he's not going to take this team from mediocre, at, which they were six and eight, and what two and ten, two and uh, fourteen the last two years. And even if Lovin Smith and Tony Dungeon came back to coach this team this year, I would still be saying this was dumb as fuck. <laughs> what? Did, did, so did they? Did they think that he was going to get taken by someone else that early? Like, what are the odds of that happening? Like, was he going to go in the second round? Lick Some said they didn't think he would eat. They, Lick said they didn't think. Lick's whole thing was like, well, that's the guy we wanted, so we had the ammunition from that other trade with the extra fourth-round pick, so we figured we might as well just pull the trigger and do it. It seems strange. It's so fucking dumb. This is such a mediocre team, and you have maneuvered so that you can actually pick up an extra fourth-round pick, and there's plenty of fucking fourth-rounders who end up being pretty good players. They should know they got a fourth-round pick last year who ended up being a very good pick as a middle linebacker. But, no, <laughs> oh, you know, we just got it yesterday, so fuck it. We'll throw it in so we can move up and get a kick. Yeah. That's got the dumbest damn shit I've ever heard of. <laughs> you know, this, this is setting up for um, Jimbo Fisher to be the head coach in two years. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. I mean, it's this team, like I say, we we are the NFC South version of the Cleveland Browns right now. And, <laughs> as a matter of fact, the Cleveland Browns might be better than us right now. <laughs> and I ain't, I'm dead serious. Yeah, well, the Cleveland Browns, I mean, what, they ended up picking how many damn players in the draft? They All they did was trade down and get more and more picks. They took, they picked 14 times, I think. Yeah, because you know what? Because they are a mediocre to shitty team. And they really <laughs> they need, have team, and they they need competition. The right, they need competition. They need they need quality depth and nothing else. And so right. they locked up, unlike some people. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, wanna, I don't want to rub more salt in the wound. The Seahawks have a kicker, Stephen Hauschka, who's been like the most automatic guy in the NFL for like the last two years, and he was a waivers guy. Don't got- listen. You know what? I, I was on the radio uh, in Memphis the other day, and I just off the top of my head, I'm like, okay, who are the two kickers in the Super Bowl last year? 
Like off the top of your head. Don't look it up. Don't even <laughs> think twice. No idea. No fucking <laughs> exactly. Real good note for the Panthers. And he is a pretty good kicker. Actually, I you know, every time I think of his name, I think of Gary Gnu off of Grace Face Coast. <laughs> so I've heard it before. Obviously, and they play in the same they play in the same damn division. I had no fucking idea who he was. But yeah, keep telling yourself that this pick is going to work out great for the Bucks. Yeah. Good luck with that. Uh, that was that was fun. <laughs> it's really one of the more inexplicable moves in the draft. I mean, this it's it's crazy. Crazy. Second mm-hmm. round. Second even at the end of the second round. It doesn't matter. It's just um who was all right, I, I I have to look now because now I'm curious who Denver's kicker was. Uh oh it's uh oh, fuck. God damn it. Colquitt! <laughs> no, McManus. Also also undrafted. Yeah, the Seahawks got Hauschka from the Denver Broncos when they cut him. <laughs> I don't know. I just think, like, yeah, like, agree with Steven. Like, you can get a good, solid, good kicker in free agency. Kicker's one know? of those. Kicker's one of those positions. It's like where it, it literally works, just like it, like just like with fantasy football. You can always just pick up another one. <laughs> right. Yes. 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 <laughs> the kicker is it like, literally <laughs> works just like fantasy football. The fucking kicker. From the Broncos from last year, who originally w- was with us, uh, Connor Barth. <laughs> yeah, with the Broncos, the previous season finished up with them when they got with at least into the playoffs. Then we had some shitty kicker at the beginning of last season, and Kyle Brinson. We we got the guy out of Notre Dame who was shitty in college and figured he wasn't going to be shitty <laughs> in the pros, and that didn't work out well for us. But then we picked up kind of Barth again, and he actually was in like the '80s or some shit. He was pretty good, you know. <laughs> but but we just had to have a second round kicker. Had to have him. Had you know the him. thing. The thing that's weird about this, like the last like surefire, you know, like can't miss once in a generation kicker, like was Alex Henry. Um, and I think the Eagles took him in like the fourth or something like that, which was still pretty high for a kicker. And he like. He like just flamed out. Like he, he like got something happened in his head where he just like couldn't kick anymore. You know, and he was just like the best college kicker of all time, like that point. So And that happens to a lot of these guys, which is why you don't take them. Don't be saying that, the, Danny. Uh, I mean, I just, <laughs> I'm just piling well, on now. No, I, but no, you speaking the gospel. I swear, listen, we deserve all of this. <laughs> Anybody who dares to ask, still feel anything for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at this point, deserves everything that's coming at them. Every single nugget of bodies who the dumbest fucking pick I've ever seen in my life. And again, about the kid, I want everybody to understand this because I'm sure there's people going to listen to this and never even get to that part. I, it is not about this kid. He could very well go out and be a pro bowler, but you're missing out. Not on one, at least at the very least, on one player that could have been consequential on offense or defense. Yeah, right. You know, shit. Lorraine Clark, I think, was still on the board. And, and look, our right tackle position could definitely use an upgrade. Uh, but it's all. It, 
you could have missed out on two really good players if you just don't don't trade up at all. But I just you trade up for that's something that sentence does not sound like sane at all. We <laughs> traded up for a kicker in the second round. Nothing about that fucking sentence sounds sane. <laughs> At all. It doesn't even it sound doesn't. real. It's just like, no, nobody did that. No, nobody would have traded up for a kicker. Hey, You're listen, crazy. For it to have happened, you would have thought that that kicker would have been way, a way bigger deal this whole off. Like Janikowski, because he had that big leg, everybody knew about him. Like, it still was a shock when he went as high as he did. Yeah. But I knew about him because this is the kick that's kicking 60-yard field goals. We knew that Aguayo was good. That's about it, right? Nobody sit up here, like, this is a once-in-a-generation kid who can kick. No, no. And even then, I still say it was stupid as hell. But at least it might make more sense. But it just, I traded up in the second round for a kicker. It's just a statement that doesn't make any sense to me. You know what? I just look at uh, uh, the Bucks drafted Grammatica in the third round in 99. Oh, did they? Yeah. Huh. I mean, still, the third round's better than the second round. Trading up for a second round. We acted pretty good then. Yeah, exactly. We were trying to get over the hump. Then when we we finally picked him was when, you know, shit, we had one. Well, that was 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 not too long before the Super Bowl. Right. That that, that was the year we actually went to the uh, NFC championship game. Yeah. The fucking ain't going to the NFC championship game this year. <laughs> See this? At home, just like me when the playoffs start. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I could talk kickers all day, but I do want to move on because there are some other, a few other kind of subplots that developed in the wake of the draft. And one of, I think one of the, that spurned a few of them is the various quarterback fallout around the league. Um, there's really not a sadder, sadder story in the NFL right now than the, the, the ballad of Sam Bradford. <laughs> the Eagles, obviously they picked Carson Wentz and I mean, this was sort of going to hell before, I mean, when the Eagles made that trade, cause they signed, they, they signed Bradford to that two year, a pretty big two year contract. Even by quarterback numbers, it's still pretty hefty. And then they traded up. They traded everything to move up and get Carson Wentz with a second overall pick. Now Sam Bradford's not even returning the head coach's phone calls. Nobody wants to trade for him. The Eagles aren't super excited to trade him because, I mean, you know, you, you obviously you their Eagles are in a position where they're not. They can't really consider themselves a rebuilding team, no matter how much you know it may, that may be the case. But they can't really trade him, and they're not really getting the kind of offers they want for him. Nobody wants Bradford because he's got this shitty contract that nobody can afford to. And there's also the fact that the the league may have finally realized he's really not that great of a quarterback. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to reveal any <clears throat> secrets here. But <laughs> I just love the fact that the, both of the teams that traded up in that first round this year are the teams that like. Have banked on Sam Bradford at one point. That he failed. You know, like, the reason they're trading up is because he's not good. And now he's, like, pissed. Yeah. And doesn't want to compete. Well, he wants to compete. He just doesn't want to compete with Carson (laughs) Wentz. Right. (laughs) It's funny. His his, uh, 
agent and some kin to George Orwell, evidently. Uh, just yeah, his agent's Tom Condon. Right, but yeah, I, I don't think his agent did him any favors no. in this whole situation. No, not at just, all. He just it, people already were thinking he was soft mentally, right. if not you know physically, because he keeps getting hurt. And now they just kind of feeds into that whole perception. Right? Yeah. How can you be afraid of you know fighting off the number two pick in the draft when you're getting paid that much money? <laughs> It'd be different. If you're making the league minimum, they're paying you like a starter. So more than likely, you at least get this year to show off what you can do. And it's a two-year contract anyway. It's like, well, he doesn't want yeah, to. Have, he doesn't want to be a placeholder for his replacement. It's like he's got. It's a fucking you're two-year contract. Yeah, right. I mean, you knew what you were doing when you signed this contract. One that most people would say you didn't actually earn. And 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 now you're complaining like what the fuck like yeah. seriously, it, it, I mean, where does he think he's gonna go at this point? <laughs> Make anything close to what he's making, or even have a chance to start? I, I don't. I'm, I'm looking through, you know, uh, 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 the list of NFL teams, and I just don't see it. You at least got a chance in Philly, primarily because they're paying you that much money. So why not just stick it out there? Like, what is the problem? Yeah. It just, it, it boggles the mind. I don't, look, I think it was really stupid for them to do that, to, for them to give him that much money and then trade up to number two. Right. Because obviously, somewhere along the line, your train of thought is all fucked up. Like, if, if you thought he was worth that amount of money, why would you even trade up? And if you didn't think he was worth that amount of money, why would you give him that amount of money? Yeah. But here we are. We are here now. <laughs> so, shit, at the very least, man, show up to the first day of camp and, and get one of those soft tissue injuries <laughs> that, that they can't really tell whether, whether how bad it is or not. Right? At the very least. But, but no, you like, I, and I don't understand, like, what is the end game? How, how are you going to get out of this? Because I think if, if, if he was so sure he, had a, he would have a better opportunity somewhere else, he would have given the money back by now. And then I, I can't imagine that if, if he was willing to pay the money back, the Eagles, who just spent a, a, the number two pick in the draft on a quarterback, wouldn't be willing to go ahead and cut him. I mean, yeah. why not? So uh, I, I, don't get, I don't get most sides of this, the whole thing, because I, I don't understand why they handled the situation the way they did, both from giving him that amount of money and then trading up to get – you know, another quarterback. And, you know, obviously they signed, uh, uh, what's his face? Chase. Chase Daniel. Uh, Chase Daniel, too, which just makes it even more uh, uh, crazy. But but here you are, man. I mean, shit, it ain't going to get any better than what you got right now in Philly. Yeah. The money's not going to get better. The opportunity, at least for this year, is not going to get any better. So why are you crying? I just don't get it. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 stupid too because it's like, all right, well, you could probably win the starting job this year. Cuz like, I mean, I, you know, if if the Eagles want to win, I you know, I don't know that Carson Wentz is the guy you throw out there in week 1 to compete with where Washington or even the Giants are at at this point in time or, or the Cowboys for sure at this point in time. So you put Bradford out there and if you're Bradford, 
you look at this roster, it's like, well, you know, we got if we get a healthy Jordan Matthews and Nelson Algor works, Algalore finally works out. I know I fucking butchered that name, but whatever. <laughs> the offensive line's healthier. It should be a little better this year. So maybe like for, you know, the uh, another I'll have this other chance in my career not to get sacked sixty times in the in a season. And the defense is pretty good, and we've got some parts. It's not an it's not a great team, but it's not a terrible team either. And you could rebuild your career knowing that, yeah, you're probably going to get cut because your contract sucks and they drafted this Carson Wentz kid to take your place after a year. And it, because of the state of quarterback playing in the NFL, you know you're going to cash in again. The kid could have cashed not kid, but Bradford could have cashed in again. There's not a luckier man in the NFL than Sam Bradford. Last guy to get the big rookie contracts. Last number one pick to get that, you know, the insane rookie contracts. The last... You know, he made $78 million from that thing. And then he gets this second contract. He could have got a third free agent contract that pays him a shit ton of money to be somebody's quarterback with a decent season this year. All he needed was a decent season this year. Mm-hmm. But you fuck that up. <laughs> um, I guess the Kaepernick trades uh, sounds like is off, too. And, and that's probably not a bad thing if, if I'm a Niners fan. I'm thinking that's maybe not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, I you want to see what he can do with Chip Kelly, I would yeah. say. I think, it, you know, just why not at this point? Yeah, and if I were Kaepernick, I'd be in the same boat, too. Right. I mean, and it's not like he has a ton of competition, either. It's like they got Gabbert. What, did they have anyone else? They picked up some random guy. No, they're talking up Gabbert. Niners Twitter is assured that Blaine Gabbert is going to be very, can still be a very good quarterback. <laughs> Okay. How do how do we get here? How do we get where <laughs> right. not, where fans of any kind are promoting Blaine Gabbert? <laughs> like seriously, and, and like not tongue <laughs> tongue in cheek. They're they're one hundred percent serious. It's, it's Stockholm syndrome. I'm telling you, it's Stockholm syndrome. You're <laughs> like I saw this years and years and years. This is what kind of burned me out on the Rams beat. It's just like you get like. People get so pissed at you, you suggest, like, hey, guys, this isn't a very good team. It's like, what? You're fucking crazy. How could you say that? It's like, look at the <laughs> roster. This is not a very good team, you guys. Well, I can't believe you're a hater. You're just such a hater. Yeah, I get that too with the Bucks. Yeah. 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 And it's just like, you guys, Blaine Gabbert is not going to be anything <laughs> better than a decent, uh, his ceiling is okay backup quarterback. Right. I, look, I give Blaine Gabbert credit, right? He, he played better than I thought he even could. Yeah. Last year. And they still suck. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he, he the low bar that we set for him, he got over. Okay, great. Uh, but still, I mean, I, I don't, who watched him last year and thought to themselves, bam, franchise quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, no, no, no. I don't know how we, I really don't know how we got here. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. We'll it's, see. It's so but, funny to watch the election stuff unfold and then like having, you know, watch the NFL media work too. Um, oh. And you like, it's just like people, you can say anything and it's all this like centralized messaging, especially the NFL is getting really bad about this teams and the league itself. But like, that's a, that's a rant for another time this off season. But 
it's like, but there's this centralized messaging that comes out of it. And like, you really like, you start to like, you don't start to believe it, but like, you see all this shit. It's like Blaine Gabbard, franchise quarterback, Case Keenum's going to be our guy, all this kind of shit like that. It's like, holy shit. It's it's in a, and then then all of a sudden the next thing you know Blaine Gabbert's a legitimate a bona fide starting quarterback or Mark Sanchez. I mean shit, I'd rather have Mark Sanchez than Sam Bradford or Blaine Gabbert at this point, just as a fill in, <laughs> knowing that he's going to be a fill in guy. Right. Well, speaking of fill ins, when's are the Jets going to sign Ryan? The, the Jets are supposedly going to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick to a one year deal, but it hasn't happened yet. It's a standoff. The Ryan Fitzpatrick thing is weird. Yeah. I mean, it's like they just, I don't know. It just seems like a broken relationship at this point, but it's still going to happen. I don't know. It's just, uh, I suppose all, you know, all will be forgiven when he signs, but it just seems like they both hate each other at this point. <laughs> like someone said he wanted to uh, retire rather than play for the Jets at this, at what they're offering. Yeah. I mean, that just. Dude, it, but like, who else is offering more? It's exactly. not like he's on the team. Nobody. I, I, I don't understand, man. I don't get it. <laughs> it's not like somebody's making some hate there. Oh, he's on the franchise tag. If you could make more money out there, surely somebody would have offered by now. I, right. Well, and especially when you look at Ryan Fitzpatrick, there's nothing in Ryan Fitzpatrick's career that makes you think that he's going to just all of a sudden at age 34 turn into the franchise savior you've been looking for for a long time. I mean, I understand, you know, the guy wants to get paid, but, I mean, I'm not going to look at his stat line from last year with the Jets and, and, and come away and thinking this guy, oh, here, take $20 million to be our franchise quarterback, please. What about Osweiler, though? <laughs> here again you know at least osweiler is not you know he's not 34 years old <laughs> that's true that's true i don't know that's a, that's a whole uh, that'll be an interesting conversation to have <laughs> because we're about to get into the off-season workouts and man those guys when they got their shorts on i'm telling you what it's out there in shorts practice seven on sevens everyone's they're gonna look real good they're gonna look so good man you're just not even (laughs) go ahead and place your super bowl bets (laughs) and wait for the money to roll in i just saw that the jets picked uh hackenberg based on his uh private workout yeah i don't know maybe maybe there's something to that (laughs) maybe you know works out workout in shorts is is supposed to actually mean something i don't know he was just so happy to get away from james franklin that's all it was i'm sure uh, man (laughs) man i I can't even imagine the kind of workout he'd have to have in shorts for me to take him that high but i don't know maybe that you know it was a thunderstorm and lightning and everything and it was just Looked like he was the chosen one. I don't know. But. <laughs> I mean, did anyone, like, nobody seems to put together. It's like, hey, Bill O'Brien wasn't interested in drafting this guy. <sighs> Again, the context <laughs> who you would think that would mean something, but I guess not. And, I mean, the Texans took a guard in the second round literally right before Christian Hackenberg got drafted. So, obviously, he wasn't exactly a second rounder on their draft board. 
Right. And, you know, they got Osweiler, but still, look, their quarterbacks, as many quarterbacks as they went through last year. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Go ahead and take them and and let them be your backup for a couple years at least, you would think. If he was actually the most success with him actually was high on him, you'd think he'd at least consider it. But, yeah, yeah, nope, nope. (laughs) They They literally chose Brandon Whedon over Christian Hackenberg. Pretty much. And this is the guy that recruited him and, like, was his college co- coach for you. I mean, it just – you got beat out by Brandon Whedon, in effect. And then the Connor Cook thing is weird, too. Like, the Connor Cook, that he kept falling in the draft. Everyone's like, holy shit, he didn't get drafted. He didn't get drafted. And there's that whole that team captain thing, that, that narrative that went around um, during the year, during the pre-draft season. And he didn't get drafted until the fourth round by the Raiders. And that, I, did you see that thing on Deadspin today where his dad's like, his dad is basically PFT commenter? <laughs> but but yeah. serious. But yeah, but like not a joke. <laughs> his dad's like a pro-Trump tweeter and all this other crazy <laughs> shit. It's just like, holy You're shit. an idiot. Why do you <laughs> yes, are? Yes, yes. <laughs> the classic. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> right. I mean, sir, like he really did that without irony. I was trying to I, when I saw the headline from Dead Spin, I was kind of like, man, that's a little bit harsh, you know. <laughs> but then I opened it up, and by the time I got to the end of the arc, I was like, you know what? That was pretty much spot on. That was pretty much spot on headline. I mean, I, you know, and it's not just his policies, mind you. For me, my, my thing about this. It, is it, it comes down to this. Like, for me, I understand that some of my followers, probably a lot of my followers, don't necessarily agree with my politics. And that's fine. Yeah. It's at that point where you feel like you have to tweet me about it. Because I'm not tweeting you about it. Like, I'm not going through anybody else's timeline <laughs> to tweet them. You're wrong. You're a dummy with, you know, while you, <laughs> while you are. <laughs> you're a dummy you, because they don't agree with me and I do follow people who don't agree with me as well um, it's, it's at that point to me that, that kind of lets me know that you're an asshole in real life Yeah. when you go around telling everybody else that they're dumb when they haven't tweeted you at all and that is evidently something he, he takes great joy in <laughs> according to those tweets Yeah. You know, he just works on his way to you know if, if it's something that is not you know, as far as how he believes politically, especially, yeah, he's gonna shoot with, with, you know, out of the blue and tell you that you're this like, and then it wasn't even just that. Like he, the homophobic stuff about Rachel Maddow, yeah, that had nothing to do to me with politics. Like, just you know, in a holistic way, like the stuff with um, Kurt Schilling. Like, mm-hmm. everybody knows Kurt Schilling is a conservative, and that's fine. But when you start using, like, homophobic slurs and stuff, to me, that's not politics anymore. Yeah. That's just about being a decent human being. You can, I could even say, you you might be a person who supports these bathroom bills. But, but, but at the point where you start using homophobic slurs and stuff about people, that's not politics anymore. Yeah. That's right, being right. a shitty human being. And that's what and, and that's what he was doing. He's you know tweeting her, calling her these things, and that's just you know it's, that's not cool at all. Yeah, basically, yeah, you know, in hindsight, 
Yeah, that was a pretty spot on headline by Desmond. I got to give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you, you know, I always wonder from a team perspective too, and and I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear if anyone at Michigan State ever had to deal with this. But like you, like to me, there's always that sort of you know we talked about it with the Incomdici thing. It's like a red flag about the people that you associate yourself with. Well, you always wonder from a team standpoint, is this. You know, is this guy's parents going to be a fucking asshole pain in the ass to to us? I mean, is this the guy right. that's going to call me and tell me? You know, I, I know we've all experienced this at one. Like, I'll never forget my one of the most the deepest impressions left from seventh grade football was the kid's dad. You know, the the star running back's dad in the stands, literally yelling out the playbook and then cussing out the coaches because they weren't calling you know power runs for their kid every play. But, like, it's like that kind of thing. I mean, like, this is the, you know, like when the dad is the player agent and they're just an asshole and they don't know what the fuck they're doing with it. And, like, from a team standpoint, it's like, man, I wouldn't want that kind of headache from a backup quarterback, especially from from any player, but from a backup quarterback especially. Right. It's just not worth it. (laughs) I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens and how that works out. But, you know. (laughs) It's not exactly a unity. That's not the kind of relationship you'd actually go out and seek if you were a team. But it's Oakland's deal now. And Oakland has a quarterback, and we'll see what happens with Connor Cook. Um, I, the, Co- the Browns saying Cody Kessler is going to compete for the starting job. I guess they say that because they have to say that. Yeah, I just don't. I'm not. I don't fancy myself a quarterback guru. I don't see Cody Kessler in the mix to be an NFL starting quarterback. <laughs> I would, uh, I would, I would agree with that. I think maybe you could see him as a backup. Sure. Why not? And that's a good value where they got him. I guess. My, so, how does he compare to? How does he compare to Matt Barkley? All USC quarterbacks to me are forever <laughs> going to be measured against Matt Barkley. Good question. Good question. <sighs> Oh, man. All right, guys. Man, this it's been a good draft show. I, I think we didn't even get to everything I had on my fancy little agenda <laughs> I made here. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Well, it's been a while. It's, uh, you know, that, the good thing about it is this time of year we're going to need a lot of stuff to talk about. Unless we really want <laughs> right. to break. We should break down some minicamp film maybe. But. Ooh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what the ta- what the s- six things we learned from seven on seven practice? We should break down tweets about a guy making a really good catch. <laughs> I, I like the off season cliches have already started too. Listen, I've already seen people you know uh, showing videos of throwing warm up passes and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> trust me, it's coming. It oh, is yeah. coming. Oh yeah. It is, and I've already seen. There's already a plethora of best shape of my life tweets out there. Too. <laughs> Man, I love yes, it when everyone's in the, the best. best shape of their life for just in time for OTAs. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to get a bookie to come on the show and explain how they treat all that stuff. Like, all right, you're the guy that sets <laughs> the odds at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Tell me what how you sort through. Minicamp and OTA reports, and then it's just going to be a one big segment where the guy's like, "Nothing, I just ignore it." All right, thank you very much. <laughs> and that has this has been talking to a bookie. <laughs> Did somebody tear their ACL? No, then it's fine. I tell you, what hasn't been working, and that's the rest of the Giants' offensive line, except for the center. And, and the reason I know is because the center is the one that told me ain't nobody working except him. 
on the whole offensive line. Yeah, that was sure. interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> Talk about the teammates under the bus, man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see that. That is crazy. <laughs> I, I, um, what's his name? Jay Glazer. I think it was a Jay Glazer thing. He had like a bunch of offensive line, kind of a round table type situation. It was also the same conversation where uh, um, Chance Warmack threw his previous offensive line coach under the bus. It was buses all around that whole conversation. Oh, they just run over everybody. But I think they might have gotten just a little too comfortable with Jay Glazer for some reason. <laughs> I can't imagine. How they thought these comments was all going to go over. And look, I get it. You didn't like the last coach, but I mean, you, there's plenty of good coaches that never played the position that they end up coaching. I, I just disagree. My my defensive line coach, Ron Marinelli, wasn't a defensive end. He he's barely like five eight, you know. So, uh, <laughs> but he's one of the scariest human beings I've ever met in my life. Right? He, nothing. Nothing about him is not intimidating, even at five eight. But uh-huh. I mean, just you know, just Chance Warmack was just sounded really bitter <laughs> about his former offensive line coach. I don't know what went on with that, but man, they just they seemed like they were just they just had a conversation about throwing people under the bus. <laughs> was that the one with Kyle Long too, where they got off on Pro Football Focus? I think so. I think and all I, the like, yep. d- like the stats and the grades that those guys use for that. Yeah, I gotta find that again. I I saw bits and pieces of that this morning. I gotta find that again because that was there was a, a ton more shit in that too. I just remember like because I got to the part where Kyle Long was talking about PFF and like called out Chris Collinsworth, but there's a bunch of shit that Chris Collinsworth just doesn't see. Right. <laughs> and not talk about Chris Collinsworth, Sunday night football com- color commenter. He's talking about Chris Collinsworth, PF, pro-, pro football focus owner. <laughs> owner, yeah. Owner. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be a good off season. We don't have, hopefully, Deflate Gate stays on the back burner until the next round of appeals <laughs> comes up. And, and uh, hopefully, uh, TMZ doesn't have too much to report. Now that the Rams are in L.A. and they can kind of just stick to Trey Mason's mi- missed court dates and fill the time with uh, <laughs> whatever who was ever speeding through Calabasas waking up Eric Dickerson. Because <laughs> I got the Bieber at one point. Yeah, it was Bieber. That was Bieber. Yeah, and Eric they had Eric Dickerson on records like woke him up and he was pissed off about it. <laughs> I was like, Eric Dickerson, man, I remember the stories about you in L.A. in the 80s. Come on. <laughs> um, what, what was like? Oh, I know. One other thing I was going to mention. Have you guys seen the previews for that O.J. documentary that ESPN's going to run? I haven't, actually, no. I've seen it, but I haven't. You know, obviously, I don't think it's actually come on yet. But no, everybody's seen it. It comes out in June or July. It is phenomenal. So. Yeah, it looks – it's eight hours. I mean, like, or seven hours and 45 minutes or something like that. But, I mean, it looks re- – I'm really looking forward to that. It looks like an incredible piece of filmmaking. I- I'm, I'm super stoked about that. Hmm. And I still haven't watched that because it was during draft time. I still haven't watched the FX show with Cuba Gooding Jr. as OJ. Right. Have you guys seen that? Is that good? No, I didn't watch that. I don't think it – I don't know if it got very good uh, reviews. I don't know. I'll have to go back and look. But it's off season. I got time. 
got some time to catch up <laughs> on my TV shows now. So definitely, I'm looking un- unless the seven on seven stuff get, I get carried away with the the, <laughs> the film breakdowns here. Ed- editing your all's film breakdowns is seven on seven practices. Underwear football. <laughs> the underwear. That's football. what it's called. Underwear. <laughs> underwear Olympics. <laughs> all right guys it has been a good show and uh we will reconvene next week and we'll have some plenty more off-season ephemera to talk about i'm sure um i hope y'all have a a good for this is the first weekend without major nfl stuff um happening or on the calendar ahead of us so i hope you guys uh take advantage of it just relax do yeah. it, do it, Ryan. Did turn on the TV for five hours. Yeah, that's right. Well, like more than one day of it's probably too much. <laughs> yeah, so get out there and relax a little bit. Enjoy, enjoy the off season. It was. This is like the. Uh, I, I woke up Monday and it felt like a kid that just like just woke up after the last day of school was over. <laughs> like summer vacation, baby. <laughs> Here's all the stuff I'm not gonna do that I think I'm going to do right now. So let's get out there and get started on those lists, guys. Um, Take care, and we'll uh, talk to you again next week.